Amen. Praise God. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this service coming to you this morning from the campuses of World Artery Church for All Nations in Lawrenceville, Georgia. We are so glad you are able to join us. We thank God for you and whoever and wherever you are watching from, uh, live stream, we welcome you. Thank you for allowing us to come into your space. And by now you will know that our mantra, Vision at Work Fan, is building strong families and serving global communities. Amen. This is the last Sunday of 2020. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory be to God. It's been a very enduring, very challenging year. However, God has been faithful. And we celebrate and thank him for his faithfulness. It's been challenging, but we've been stretched. And we have grown through the challenges. It's not just a challenge, but it's become an opportunity to develop, to grow, and to see great things in God. And so this morning, I'm going to dive very quickly, in, quickly into the message. I'm going to read from 1 John chapter 4 verses 16 and 18 from the Passion Translation. And I'm continuing this message in uh, a series we began, oh, maybe five, six weeks ago now, on financial freedom. And today I'm going to address the big elephant in the room. Hallelujah. Some of you know what that is. Others of you may not know, but you'll find out very shortly. Now, religion, as we know it, has taught us in the church today that tithing qualifies us for God's blessings. I taught that. Many people have taught that. And many people are continuing to teach that. Some out of pure ignorance of the word of God, because the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Others for greed. It is often taught that if you don't tithe, you'll be cursed. They say like, okay, if you don't give God his 10%, your engine and your car will knock and you pay to the mechanic. If you don't pay your tithe, things will get tight. And you know what that means. That means you're going to be in a hard place, in a hard, straight place, and things are going to just not work for you. If you don't pay God, you may pay the doctor. If you don't pay God, you pay the mechanic. On and on and on. Now, the challenge with this message is that when you hear things like that, it produces fear in your heart. It causes people to tithe and give based on fear instead of love. That's why I like this song selection we just uh, had this morning. It talks about our love being grounded in God and God's love being grounded in us. So now back to the scripture. Back to the scripture. First John chapter 4. Thank you. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love. Thank you, Jesus. And we trust in the love he has for us. God is love. God is not just loving, he is love. The essence of his being is love. Those who are living in love are living in God, and God lives through them. Give me verse 18, same translation, thank you. Love never, ever, never, 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 Brings fear. Emphasis, Banka Kimolas. <laughs> Let's get that clear. Love never brings fear. For fear is always related to punishment. Like, if you don't tithe, you are cursed. You understand that? Fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. Okay, let us try to understand tithes. Let me read two passages of scriptures, and then I'm going to uh, give you six talking points on the basis of the scriptures. Give me, first of all, Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. 
Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30 in the New King James translation. Actually, I'm going to read that in two translations. Thank you. Leviticus, Leviticus. <laughs> Technology sometimes plays with us. <laughs> Leviticus 27, 30. Thank you. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Now, please give me that same uh, uh, passage in the NLT. Thank you. You got it. Now, notice here, in the New King James, it talks about a tithe. But here in the New Living Translation, it breaks down for us what the tithe is. One-tenth of the produce of the land. So we know that the tithe is one-tenth. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belong to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. The key word there, the word must. Must. Okay. Now let's go to the second passage. Malachi chapter 3. This is almost like the gold standard verse when it comes to tithing. Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. Thank you. Will a man or woman rob God? <laughs> you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Verse 9. You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. Good. Now, very quickly, based on those two scriptures, let me go to six observations concerning tithe. Number one, it is a tenth or 10%, which is a fixed known quantity. I won't say that much more on that. Let me just move on to the next one. Number two, and this is what most people miss when it comes to this subject on tithing. It was commanded in the law of Moses. Now, anyone that's been studying with us for a few months or maybe a couple of years now, you know that the law of Moses was not given to the Gentiles. The law of Moses was exclusively given to Israel. So what business do we have in trying to comply with a command that was given to Israel? And I'm not an Israelite. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So it was, number two point, it was commanded in the law of Moses. That's not all. Therefore, because it was in the law, it became an obligation. Like a bill you pay. Good example. You get on the street there on Brazilton Highway, the speed limit is 45 miles an hour. That's the law. The speed limit is 45 miles an hour. It doesn't matter if you're driving a scooter, a Maserati, Mercedes-Benz, a Lexus, BMW. It doesn't matter what you're driving. The law is the law. If you drive at 55 miles an hour, you're obligated to pay the fine when you're caught. It's an obligation. Amen? It is like a bill you pay. That's why in most traditional church settings, we say you need to pay your tithe. Notice we never say give your tithe. <laughs> you need to pay your tithe. Why? You owe it. Like the mortgage of your house. If you don't pay, 
the bank takes it. Not this bank, the bank. <laughs> like a card note, if you don't pay it, GM is coming back for it. Why? It's an obligation. You must understand our reason. Number three, number three point. Let me, let me move on here because I have a, lot, a few things to say. Number three. Based on Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, we see, the Bible said in that passage, I don't want to read it again, that when you pay your tithe, God promised to open the windows of heaven. So number three point is, tithing under the law qualified you for God's blessings. Notice I said under the law. It qualified you for God's blessings. Now please give me Colossians chapter 1. Verse 12, first in a passion translation. So under the law, tithing was a requirement in order for you to be blessed. Oh, by the way, I did not give you the title of this message. Did I give you? I didn't even give you that. Well, praise God. You are paying attention now. I can give it to you now. <laughs> so, so the title is blessed because of Jesus. Blessed because of Jesus. Look at Colossians 1, verse 12. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance. Look at the next word. Freely. Freely. Given to us by living in the light. Did it say anything about tithing to receive the inheritance? Ah, you guys talk back to me. Come on now. Absolutely. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you. Who made you? God did. God did. He made us worthy to receive the glorious inheritance. Ah, freely given to us by living in the light. Give that same passage to me in the Amplified Classic. Thank you, Jesus. Giving thanks to the Father. Watch this now. Who has qualified and made us fit? Hallelujah. I don't, I, I, it doesn't matter where you're listening to me from this morning. Whoever you are, wherever you are, you need to know if you are born again under the new covenant of grace, if you are a child of God, if you belong to Jesus, God has made you qualified to the glory of God. Hallelujah glory be to the Lamb of God. Glory be to his name. He has made you and me qualified and fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saint. Glory to God. No conditions need to be met other than because of Jesus, you and I are blessed. Hallelujah. We put all these yokes upon people. We tell them all these religious lies. Glory to God. Just to keep them in bondage and to control people when the Bible clearly says God has made us qualified, and fit to share the portion of the inheritance of the saints. Glory be to God. So we see that number three, under the old covenant, the tithing qualified the people for God's blessing. But for me and you now, we are not under the old covenant. We are blessed because of Jesus. Number four observation. Number four observation. When you read the passages again in Leviticus, no, not Leviticus, Malachi chapter 3, in verses 8 through 10, clearly you see that a violation or a failure to pay the tithe brought the individual under the penalty of a curse. And everyone knows that the notion or the idea of a curse brings fear and condemnation. That's why the scripture I opened with was very important. First John chapter 4, verse 16 and verse 18. God is love. And perfect love casts out all fear. But under the law, under the tithing law, if he didn't pay, 
Malachi says you are cursed with a curse. Not just cursed. Cursed with a curse. That's, that's, in those days when I used to play table tennis, we called that double cantab. <laughs> My generation, can, they, they can understand that. All you young people, you don't know what that is. <laughs> that is a serious double jeopardy. To be cursed with a curse. Why? How did I deserve it? Because you didn't pay tithe. Now, go with me to Numbers chapter 23. Just so you see how God sees you. Numbers 23 verse 20. Numbers 23 verse 20. Thank you, Jesus. Numbers 23 verse 20. Thank you. Behold. Ah, let me give you the context of this verse. So you see this wicked king, Balak, went and hired a, a prophet called Balaam, Balaam, to come and curse Israel. I mean, he sent a message three times with wonderful, fantastic reward. Just, just come here. Come on, help me curse these people. Because these guys, man, they, they give me hypertension. Come and curse them for me. Reluctantly. And because of the greed of the reward, the prophet goes against God's wishes. Now, when he got there, this is what he said. He said, behold, I have received a command to bless. Look at the next sentence. He, God, has blessed past tense. And I cannot reverse it. I don't care what wizard of or witch in your village, in your city, on your job. I don't care what you have done. Hear ye the word of the Lord. The Bible is clear. God has blessed you and no man can reverse it. Hallelujah. He has blessed. And Balaam told the truth. I cannot reverse it. Now, they can put themselves under a curse. But I cannot, and no man, no woman, no witch, no wizard, none of that can ever put a curse on you. Never. Why? You are covered by the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ himself. You are blessed because of Jesus. Now, give me that verse 23. The same chapter in the NLT first. Thank you. Watch this. <laughs> Not only did Balaam said, he has blessed and I cannot reverse it. He now gave Balak a quick history lesson. He said, no curse can touch Jacob. <laughs> no magic, in case you, are, you don't know what a curse is. No magic. Any power, no magic has any power against Israel. No herbalist, no voodoo, none of this Uji board and all of this nonsense. None of them, if a child of God has anything on you. No curse can touch Jacob, no magic has any power against Israel. Why? For now it will be said of Jacob, what wonders God has done for Israel. And I'd make that same declaration upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we enter into a new year, you will begin to see the doors of God open, opportunities for blessings and resources. In Jesus' name, men will look at you and say, wow, what wonder, what amazing thing, what power, what resource, what God has done for his people to the glory of God in Jesus' name. That is your portion in Jesus' name. Curse is not your portion. There are blessings of God that maketh rich I have no sorrow to it. That's your portion in Jesus' name because of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. The blessings of God that maketh rich. I add no sorrows to it. Sorrow will not be your portion. Prosperity is your portion. Increase is your portion. In the name of Jesus, God is going to take you higher. Higher, higher, higher.
fire, the witches will see, the wizards will see, and they will not be able to do nothing against you in Jesus' name. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Give it to me in the Amplified Classic. Same verse. Now, I keep on going through these translations because like many of us, we've read it in the King James and in the New King James, and sometimes the fresh meaning of what God is trying to convey may be lost to us. So I'm, I'm, I want us to see them through fresh eyes. Surely there is no enchantment with or against Jacob. Neither is there any divination with or against Israel. Listen, I don't care where they take your name. Let them take your name to Af Afghanistan, to the, to, the, to the hottest wizard in the village. <laughs> Let them take your name in the mountain to the most wicked witch. Let them do all their divination, all their incantation. At the end of the day, when they're done, they will have to admit, this one is blessed. And we cannot reverse it. It's not because of anything you have done. It's not because you give tithe. Hey, but because of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, whom we celebrate in this season especially, hallelujah, the one has been given to us freely by God. Jesus, the Son of God, because of him. Number five. When you look at the scriptures on tithing, it is easy to see how trust is placed in man, not Jesus, resulting in pride. Oh, I remember those days. My wife writes the tithe check. And every week I have to go check out every pay the tithe. Have you paid it? There is a sense in which when you've paid it, you feel good about yourself. You feel like, yeah, I've done something. Yeah, I deserve a little more feather. I deserve commendation. After all, I made $100 a week, I gave God 10. Ah, God, you should, you, should, you should remember that. So the emphasis is what I have done rather than what he has done misplaced priority. The priority comes on man as if you are able to do anything yourself. Have you not read the scriptures? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Have you not read the scriptures? That he owns the cattle on the thousand hills and every beast of the forest belongs to him? Have you not read the scriptures? All silver, all gold are mine. And then you gave him probably $10 or $100, and you pat yourself in the back. Ha, man, I, I, really, I really did something today. I paid my tithe. God is not your mortgage company. It's not your insurance policy in sense like, in fact, let me put it this way. God is not a mobster. You, you know the mafia in those days? Maybe even still now. If you don't pay your dues, your store will not open. <laughs> the mafia, man, I'm telling you, they go around collecting their dues. Protection money, they call it. And that's what many Christians are doing and saying. I've paid my tithe, therefore my car will not break. I've paid my tithe, therefore my children will not be sick. I've paid my tithe, therefore this and that, that, that. What do you think of this? A mobster? God is not a mafia, man. He's God. And he said to us in the scripture, if I was hungry, I would not tell you so. So trust is placed in mind, not Jesus resulting in pride. Let's look at Luke chapter 18. One of the few passages where Jesus made reference to tithes. Only three passages. In the Gospels, where Jesus made a direct reference to tithes. Luke chapter 18. Verse 9, he also spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves. Did you hear that? They trusted in themselves. 
They trusted in themselves. That's what's happening with us. And God is trying to change our mindset, not to trust in ourselves, but to trust in him. Because we are blessed because of him. He spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. That's the truth. In those days, one of Pedro's tithe, ah, if I know a person that was not paying, I despise them. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing here being, being in the same church here? I'm paying tithes, you're just sucking the air off. You, 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 you understand what I'm saying? You, 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 you almost feel, ah, what, what, what? Yeah, yeah. In fact, this is the truth. I know a high-profile ministry, high-profile ministry, that said, if you did not tithe, you will not go to heaven. I have the video. I have the video. I ha In fact, this is a large, 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 large ministry. And he said it on video. Now, I will not fault him too much because... A few years back, I may not be too far from there. Let the truth be told. I didn't say that, but in my heart, a few years back, I may have said hallelujah to it when he said it. Thank God for deliverance. And I said that with all deep humility. I'm not saying that to put the person down. That's why I said that even me would have been not far from that years ago. But I'm just telling you how religiosity eats our brain and does not allow us to read scriptures with the mind of God. He despised others. Verse 10. That's what pride does. That's exactly what pride does. You are doing something else and not doing. You are so prideful, you look down on them. That's what happens. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. Okay, let me break that down for you. One a believer under the law, and the other a sinner. Verse 11. The Pharisees stood and prayed thus with himself. God, ah, hey God, are you hearing? God, I thank you ha, that I am not like the other man. Extortioners, hey, I don't extort. Unjust, I'm not unjust. Adulterers, hey! Or even as this tax collector. Can you see that? I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. This is his bragging right. And the tax collector, standing far afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his best, his breast, saying, God. Be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. The tax collector, it means. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Last verse, verse 15. Then they also brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. So the point Jesus is making is, under the law, the tithing makes us prideful because we place the trust in us and not in God. Number six talking point relates to the one I just gave. Oftentimes, not always, oftentimes, we give tithe out of wrong motivation. We give tithe out of the wrong motivation. Give me Matthew chapter 23, 23. Jesus only addressed this three times. Luke 18, Mark 23, and Luke 11. Give me Mark, Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, thank you. What to you, scribes and Pharisees? Hypocrites! Wow. I'm sure there's none like that in this audience. Glory to God. Why are they hypocrites? For you pay. Notice they didn't give. They didn't give tithe. Remember I told you? Tithe comes with the condition of payment. It's an obligation. It's a debt you owe. For you pay tithe of mint and onions and cumin 
and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. In other words, you give in out of the obligation of religiosity, out of a routine, but in your heart there's no love. There's no love. Now, people have taken this verse because of the last sentence. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. They have taken this verse and said, here you go, Jesus sanctions tithing. Really? If you're a student of the scriptures, you understand what we call context. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Very, very quickly. I wasn't planning to do this, but I think I better address this. Verses 4 and 5 in the message translation, please. Galatians chapter 4. Verses 4 and 5 in the message translation. Oh, fine, I'm going to read it in the many translations. Look at the message. But when the time arrived that was set by God the Father, God sent his son, born among us of a woman, born under the conditions of the law. You need to underline that. Jesus was born under the conditions of the law so that he might redeem those of us who have been kidnapped by the law. I pray for every man and woman who has been kidnapped by the law today that you are delivered in the name of Jesus. Look at what the Bible said. Jesus came under the conditions of the law. Do you know the implication of that? The implication is if Jesus was to deliver us if he's to be our savior, to go to the cross and die and pay the price for our sins and the penalty. Because he came under the law, he had to fulfill every law. If he violated one law, that would have disqualified him. He would no longer be sinless. Therefore, okay, let me read verse 5. <laughs> Thus we have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. Give it to me in the Good News Bible. And then I'll explain it in a minute. Good News Bible. But when the right time finally came, God sent his own son. He came as a son of a human mother and lived under the Jewish law. So Jesus himself was subject to the Jewish law. That was part of his curriculum. But he was able to do so and live successfully, faithfully. The Bible says to us in the book of Hebrews, he was tempted in all ways, in all things, yet without sin. So he obeyed the law perfectly. That's what qualified him to deliver us. That's why we are blessed because of Jesus. So the point is, when Jesus was speaking in Matthew 23, 23, to those Pharisees, Right there and then that day, they were all still under the law. And therefore, he could not tell them to do something that violates the law. That's why he said to them, this you also ought to have done and not leave the other things undone. It was not endorsing tithing, but it was endorsing the law. Because they were living under the law. And it was said to them, yes, I know you're under the law. And therefore, all the law was still valid. Do you understand what I'm saying? I hope that helps you. Don't go back and use that scripture and say, ah, Jesus said this under the, and, and therefore. No, that's not what he's saying. Okay? The Pharisees gave with the wrong motive. They wanted to be seen. They wanted to fulfill the law. And we know, I'm about to make a switch now. Give me 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3 in the Passion Translation. Man, I need to rush. Ah. 1 Corinthians 13, 3. Thank you, Jesus. 
Look at it. This is where the rubber meets the road. And if I were to be so generous, watch this, as to give away everything I owned to feed the poor, that would be a great thing to do. And to offer my body to be burned as a matter with that pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Could this be the reason where many believers are tithing and they are gaining nothing? Because we are giving, because the pastor said, if you don't give, things will be tight. If you don't give, you go home and put your hands on the wall, a serpent will bite you. People have been giving to God for years out of fear. They've been giving out of obligation. It's a debt I owe, I must pay rather than giving out of a heart of gratitude, a delightful, pleasurable delight to say, man, I cannot wait to give because I am made in the image and likeness of God. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave. I'm like my father. I give out of a joyful, delightful, delirious heart. Not out of obligation. So, it goes on. The proponents of tithe, they say, what about Abraham? The first mentioned man that gave in his scriptures, that gave tithes, I mean. And he gave tithes in Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20, when there was no law. In other words, Abraham gave tithe outside and before the law of Moses. So people use this to convince us that tithing was before the law and therefore we should still be obligated to tithe. Unfortunately, again, they did not read the scriptures accurately. The truth is Abraham did not tithe to be blessed. According to Malachi 3, verses 8 through 10, tithing was a condition in order to be blessed. You give tithe or you pay tithe, God said, I'll open up the windows of heaven. Abraham did not give under such command. Abraham, when you read the passage, I don't have time to read it now, Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20, Abraham was first blessed by Melchizedek. That was the sequence. He did not give to Melchizedek and then get blessed. No, no, no. Melchizedek first blessed Abraham. And then the heart response of Abraham for what he had received from Melchizedek was he was going to give him a tenth of all. But notice, Melchizedek did not ask for it, nor command it. Melchizedek the king of Salem was a type and shadow of Jesus. Melchizedek blessed, then Abraham gave. No condition. Nobody taught Abraham, said, Abraham, you have to give to be blessed. No, 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 no. Giving was a heart response of a delightful, joyful pleasure from the God who had first blessed him. Hallelujah. Abraham did not follow any law to be blessed. He tithed because that was what was in his heart to do. Now, that leads me to this question. If it's in your heart to give 10% of all that God has blessed you with, let me say that again. If it's in your heart to give 10% of all that God has blessed you with, then give it joyfully. Don't give it to qualify yourself. You are already qualified because of Jesus. Totally different scenario. If God is pressing your heart, give 
Sure, it's your money. You can give, you can give 10%, you can give 50, you can give 25, you can give 50. In fact, Pastor Larry told a story of Rick Warren. We started giving 10, and then it became 15. Then it became 20, 25. Right now, the guy tithes 90, is it 90%? 90% of his income. Or oh, rather, he gives 90% of his, of his income. He gives 90%. And some of us are still arguing whether it's 5% or 10%. We have not even started. But God will have mercy on you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory be to God. God spoke of his promises of blessings to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Before he ever tithed. No condition given. What did they say to him? Genesis 12, 3. He said, I will bless you. And you'll be a blessing to others. That was God's promise. He promised Abraham, I will bless you. And you'll be a blessing. And what I'm saying to you this morning is that just as God made a promise of blessings to Abraham, he's making the same promise to you now. In the name of Jesus, that God that prospered Abraham, that God that blessed him without any condition, because of Jesus, that same God is offering to you the promise of his blessing. You'll be blessed coming in. You'll be blessed coming out. You'll be blessed in the morning. You'll be blessed in the noon time. You'll be blessed in midnight hour. You'll be blessed everywhere you go. Blessing will be attracted to you. Why? Because of Jesus. You will become a blessings magnet. In the name of Jesus, God is going to make you to become a paymaster. Hallelujah. Before there is a need, you are looking where to give it. Because what? God is supplying you. Glory be to God. Go with me to second. Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, in the Amplified Classic. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Look at what it says. For as many as are the promises of God, they all find their yes or answer in him. Who is him? Christ. For this reason, we also utter the amen, so be it, to God through him in his person and by his agency to the glory of God. In other words, all the promises God makes were made through and in Christ Jesus for us. They are yes. Our response is amen. Amen meaning I agree. I agree, Lord. My sins are forgiven. I agree. I'm healed by the Bible. I agree. My soul is redeemed from destruction. I agree. You satisfy my mind with good things. I agree. You renew my youth as ego. I agree. I agree. I agree. So be it. Glory to God. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> ah, my God, my, 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 my time is up. Mm. Ah. Let me just read one more passage. I beg you. So I don't leave you hanging, 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 hanging. Galatians chapter 3, verse 10, first in the Amplified, classic. Ah, yeah. Thank you. Then I'm going to read the exact same passage, Shade, in its Passion Translation. And all you who depend on the law, here it is now, all of you tithers, people that still say half the tithe, under the compulsion and the, under, under the threat of a curse. Paul is talking to you. All you who depend on the law, who are seeking to be justified by the obedience to the law of rituals. Oh, by the way, that word ritual just triggered something in me. In Genesis chapter 14, people said, and it is true, that Abraham tithed before the law. And that's the reason we should tithe now. True. Good. How about the fact that Abraham also offered rituals? Before the law. He offered sacrifice. Before the law. Before there was a law, he offered sacrifice. Not only did he offer sacrifice, he offered his son. How many of you wonderful, obedient tithers are going to church carrying lambs and goats and, and, and animals? Why did you stop doing that? 
You are not stopping tithing, but you are you, are, you are stop taking animal. Why? Oh, let me escalate it. Are you willing to sacrifice your son? Because if you're going to emulate Abraham, that's what he did. Otherwise, case closed. Don't even go there. You can't bring Abraham into this. Because you've not done what he did. I didn't see any animals in the service today. Meh. Meh. Where, where's the animal? No. You had enough sense. You didn't bring your, you didn't bring your dog. You didn't bring your cat. And you didn't bring your goat. Your you didn't bring any of those to church. You say Abraham did it outside of the law. Okay, let me, let me finish reading the scripture. <laughs> Pastor Larry, you guys have to forgive me. <laughs> oh, my God. All who depend on the law, who are seeking to be justified by obedience to the law of riches, are under a curse and doomed to disappointment and destruction. For it is written in scripture, cursed, accursed. Let me leave that alone. Let, let, now, let me read it again from 10 to 14 in the Passion. Now, I said to you as a child of God, nobody can curse you. That's a fact. Because you have been blessed by Jesus, no one can curse you. However, you ignorantly, foolishly, can put yourself under a curse. You just read it. I don't have time to go over that again. Let me move on. But if you, is it, yeah. But if you choose to live in bondage under the legalistic rule of religion, you live under the law's curse. That's what happens. For it is clearly written, utterly curses everyone who fails to practice every detail and requirement that is written in the law. So you, you tithe. So you fulfill one law. How about the rest of the 613? Because in this case, if you fail one, you fail all. Verse 11. For the scriptures reveal, and it is obvious, that no one achieves the righteousness of God by attempting to keep the law. For it is written, those who have been made holy will live by faith. Verse 13. Yet, hallelujah, Christ Jesus paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed it completely as he became a curse in our place. For it is written, everyone who is hung upon a tree is doubly cursed. Jesus, our Messiah, was cursed in our place and in so doing, dissolved the curse from our lives so that all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon even non-Jewish believers. Hallelujah! And now God gives us the promise of the wonderful Holy Spirit who lives within us when we believe in him. And verse 18, the last scripture, also from Passion Translation, verse 18, and yes, I will cut it out, verse 18, last scripture, same translation, Galatians 3, 18, Passion Translation. Thank you, Jesus. It is so difficult to do these messages in 35 minutes. I was doing well until these last two messages. Praise God. Let me read it. This means that the covenant between God and Abraham was fulfilled in the Messiah and cannot be altered. Okay? Yet the written law was not even given to Moses until 430 years later. Okay? After God has signed his contract with Abraham, the law then doesn't supersede the promise since the royal proclamation that is not on this one here. Hey! <laughs> My goodness. 
I'm seeing wonders here today. The law then doesn't supersede the promise since the royal proclamation was given before the law. If that were the case, it would have nullified what God said to Abraham. Now, this is what, this is what I'm looking for right here. This next sentence. Please pay attention. We receive all the promises because of the promised one. Not because we keep the law. We receive all the promises of God because of the promised one. The one that Isaiah promised. Nine, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Because of Jesus, you and I receive the promise. And so, Father God, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. And also, we thank you for Jesus, your son, whom you freely give to us. And in so doing, you make available and freely give us all things. And so this morning, we put our trust in him and not in us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we receive the grace, the enablement to honor you, to bless you, because you first gave to us. You first prospered us. You blessed us. And out of the abundance of what you've given us, we joyfully, delightfully give back to you. Thank you, Father, for this privilege. We honor you, and we thank you for every man and every woman that you turn to a paymaster, that you cause to prosper, that you're going to give witty invention, ideas to, that will cause them to prosper, to make increase, to profit in the name of Jesus. We thank you and we bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So next week is going to be very important because now I've told you that tithing is no longer required. Now I need to tell you what God's plan is concerning giving going forward. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah.